Hello. Oh my God. What is this hair? Okay. So we're going to ignore my hair today, but I made it. I'm alive. That was crazy. I'm like, I don't know if my monitor was wrong or if my blood sugar shot up, but I have not seen a three on my glucose monitor in a very long time. So, but we're good now. We're all better. Um, I am so excited as usual for this lesson. Um, the two that we had that I had plan for today that's going back and forth between the PMDD and this topic both came up a lot not just this past week but I want to say probably the last couple weeks um I don't know but there's some kind of funk going around I think it's like everyone's shaking off the winter and there's just a lot of stress in the atmosphere you know with all the different things happening in all of our lives and I just feel like lately it's been rut central <laughs> so whether that's you, whether that's not you and you're listening to this, I feel like there's going to be some good stuff to cherry pick from this, but I'm encouraging you guys. I want you to share in the chat as much as you can, whether you've been here for a while or you're new, it definitely just helps to see that you're not alone, you know? So, um, yeah, hit up the chat. Okay. Let's, let's get into this. So before I want to give you this list of zooms that I think connect really well with today's lesson. Um, I really suggest trying to listen to these recordings. Uh, it helps. And not just because it's my voice, you know, and I just want you all to listen to me talk and, you know, blow hot air. But because honestly, what your atmosphere around you is, whether it's the podcast you're listening to, the music, whatever it is, it does affect our energy. You know, like during the day, I put, I make sure the stuff that we have on filters into the way I want to be feeling, whether that's creative business oriented, whatever, like hello, Shark Tank all day in the background. But these are the Zooms I would recommend doing that with. Black and white thinking. I'm gonna put this in the chat for you. So we got black and white thinking. We got self-verbage, I can spell. And then last but definitely not least, my absolute favorite, the drawing board mindset. Okay, so even if you've heard them before, give them a listen. Again, I think after today's talk, they'll just hit different, okay? So to you guys, tell me in the chat, what is, what is waiting for the other shoe to drop? How does that, what does it look like for you and how you experience it? I love that last week, um, I've heard nonstop, we talked about the leaf on brook um, technique. I've heard nonstop about how relatable that was. And I think a lot of it had to do also with the communication in the chat. So getting that different perspective from other people and seeing that, oh, wow, I'm not the only one who thinks like this is really, really helpful. So tell me in the chat, what is waiting for the other shoe to drop to you? Okay, we got feeling like an up in your life is too up and has to come down self-sabotage yeah like we we double down to make sure it comes down right really hard for me to enjoy good things because there's no way it can last mm -hmm. anticipating when that low is going to hit and how anyone connecting with these can anyone relate trying to predict what will go wrong so i can maybe prevent it yes yep that's a big focus today Focused on the most bad outcome when things are good. Yeah, so even when things are going well, it's like tainted and tarnished by this feeling. It's almost like the better things are going, the more anxious we are. Like, okay, when's the tragedy coming? 
you know, who, who's going to suddenly, who am I going to suddenly lose? Who's going to be suddenly mad at me? When am I going to get fired? You know, like all these things, even if there's no reason to be thinking anything like that. Feeling like something bad is around the corner, feeling like the good stuff won't last. Yeah. So then it's like, how could we just enjoy being that way? You know? So my, this question is going to come across smart assy, but I don't mean for it to be. Um, but has waiting for the other shoe to drop ever actually made a situation better in the end? Has waiting for the other shoe to drop ever made a situation better, no matter what the outcome? Never have thought about that, but no, never. Right. It's like, that's why I mean, like, I don't mean for it to be a smart assy, like, well, duh, you know, but in writing my notes, I wrote that question down. And I was like, hmm, wow. <laughs> you know, like, has it ever helped? I was waiting for somebody to answer that. I was more mentally prepared. No, you were not <laughs> because you were still just as upset. You know, that that's going to be the whole part of today's talk is we're not any more prepared for things to go wrong because we're dreading it, thinking it, potentially depending on your belief, attracting it. You know, like we, we're still bummed. And if it turned out to be a good outcome, we would have spent that whole time feeling badly. So in the end, there is no like more preparedness or there's no benefit to it. It feels like control. It feels like, oh, well, I'm going to not let myself get too carried away here. But again, if you really want something or you really don't want something to happen, and then it does, no matter what you were telling yourself before that happened, you're going to, it's going to smart regardless. It's going to hurt. So how can we proceed then? You know, how can we feel like we're not living in delusion, but we're not needlessly making our situation more grim than it needs to be. You see what you guys said here. If anything, I regret spending so much time dreading and not enjoying the good while it was here. Right? Like not to be blunt, we're all going to die someday. Right? So does it make sense if we're waiting for wondering how it's going to happen? We're thinking, when is it going to happen? What is going to happen? This is an extreme example. I know maybe not for my OCD friends in here, but um, regardless, we're all going to die someday. We don't know when we don't know how, you know, but if we live our life now thinking of that impending expiration date, well, what does that do in the time in between? It's a needless mourning period, you know, but there's a lot of reasons why we do that. I'm not saying that that's without cause, Favorite Tom Petty lyric, most things I worried about never happened anyways. Mm -hmm. There are a million outcomes, a million possibilities, and even more that you could never even think of that could happen. If we, if we focus on what could exist versus what exists in front of us, even though it feels like control, it's the most out of control we are because we're too big. We're not present. We're not in the moment really enjoying and taking in what we, what we can. We're, we're taking that time and thinking, I better not enjoy this too much because I don't want to be disappointed if it ends. You're still going to be. And instead, I wrote there, I wrote in the description for today, we're stuck in seeking. That's how we become stuck in seeking 
is because even when we achieve something we want or we're present and trying to enjoy something that is good for right now, we still aren't present. We're still not fully there. The, and I'll ask it in this way, is the amount of mental preparedness you can gain from dreading something exponentially, is that worth the time spent doing that when the chances of it going good or bad are 50-50? You know, so I know you want me to say no, but honestly, it was like the catalyst for the end of terrible relationships sometimes. Well, that's different though. Like realizing that it's not good and it's not going to be good. And this is fake good right now. Like in the case of, let's say abuse, you know, um, I just watched finally, I know it's been out for a while, but I watched the show made. Oh my God. I'm like late to this, to this thing. Like, I feel like everyone saw it when it first came out, but oh my gosh, you know, like it's crazy when you know, something's wrong and you can't trust a good thing for real reasons, making a decision to carry on in that situation. That's different. That is preparedness, but it's the staying in the situation and not allowing ourselves to enjoy something that we, that has no, doesn't seem bad at all. We have no proof that it's bad. We can't be present and feel good about it because what if, what if this ends, when will this end? That's more so what I mean, but I totally agree with you there. Like if you have a gut feeling that's different, trust that, you know, well, however it worked out well, <laughs> but you know, it's in terms of the, the mechanics of it, because I see here, you said, no, I got to remember, I have to read the chat for the recording, but um, I didn't make a decision. I'm glad it worked out in your favor. Um, Bye-bye, you know, but I think when it comes to trusting our gut versus trusting fear, that's a very nuanced balance. That's a lot trickier because it becomes after living in survival mode for a long time, how do you distinguish the two easily? You know, so I'm glad you said that because that that is a very big, a very important distinction for sure. So I'm going to use the example of, as you guys may have seen, um, I got the all clear to try and start conceiving naturally, which is not something that has been in my plans. I'm obviously newly extremely excited because I truly thought that was absolutely never possible. So I'm, I'm like loving it right now, you know, and I... I don't know if anyone watches Jersey Housewives, but like I'm in my love bubble right now. Okay. And I cannot tell you the amount. I know I hate Teresa too. I, I said it. And then I thought about her. My love bubble. So um, anyway, <laughs> um, I cannot tell you how many people have reached out. Their intentions are probably good and rooted in a lot of different things. I have tons of empathy for it. It's what I've done for six years. It's definitely been a theme, you know, infertility and things like that. But the amount of people telling me I wouldn't be so excited. That was a mistake I made before I lost two kids. What? Like, okay, how about a congrats? You know, like, and I, I, again, I'm not saying it's because they're like poo-pooing on my good time. I'm saying it's because that feeling of like, well, I like, they don't want me to be upset. Like they don't want me to feel blindsided. Like maybe they had felt. And so I know that the, the place that it's coming from is well-intentioned. It's coming from a struggle that they've gone through. Um, but I just refuse to believe that living disappointed will keep me less disappointed if I don't get what I want to get. I don't, you know, I'm not going to look, I'm not going to feel like a fool if I'm going on about this, like, oh, let's see, let's test, blah, blah, blah. 
and it doesn't happen. Like, no, I agreed to share my journey publicly. That's, this is what I do. This is, this is my life, the business I've built, you know? So that's going to happen, not dependent on how great the outcome is or how wonderfully smooth it goes. When the hell does anything happen for us? Wonderfully smooth. I'm just not going to live my life preventing, you know, getting too ahead of myself. Cause why I'm just going to be miserable, you know? So Oh my God, the amount of things. When are you going to start thinking about IVF? I don't know. I just stopped the pill like a week ago. Give me a second. You know, like it's, there's a lot. It's and, and multiple people. And again, good friends, like not, not ill-intended at all, but it's just a very common belief that we're going to break our own hearts if we think too highly of something being, you know, working out for us. So let's see. You don't have to proceed according to others' fears or pace. You know, um, when when I, I, I'm talking about, you know, what's going on and I don't know how I'm going to announce stuff and talk about stuff, I might just have it be in real time. Like, here's what we're doing. I'm going to go pee on a stick, you know? Like, but at the end of the day, whether that makes someone else uncomfortable, that's not, there. I'm not living my life for other people. I'm not... I have to, you know, go into the earth one day and I have to feel good about the time that I spent here. And the way that is for me might be different than someone else, but we all have the choice to proceed as if great things can happen because that time before you go into the earth is going to be a lot more pleasant and better spent regardless of setbacks. Setbacks are an absolute guarantee in everybody's life. Every single person, no matter how rich you are, no matter how healthy you are, setbacks are absolutely guaranteed in everybody's life. Um, and I, I've said this earlier, but um, peace is not the absence of setbacks. You know, peace is how you flow through setbacks, how you look at them objectively and say, okay, how do I proceed in the best way? What do I make of this? Now, I'm not saying that's easy to do. Like we're humans, we have emotions, things are stressful, but you're not stuck. You're not stuck, you know, regardless of those strong emotions that are understandable. So let's see. I got sassy here. I'm like, I'm not going to be any less disappointed because thank God I only thought of the impending doom. I used to feel that way. I used to, and a lot more bad shit happened to me when I felt that way. It's just, you know, like, like setbacks became mountains and it's understandable. So really it starts with how we package that for ourselves, how we allow ourselves to be optimistic. It's not silly to be optimistic. Has anyone ever thought that it was silly? Cause I'm telling you back in the day, I was not this person. <laughs> I was someone who would like thumb my nose at people that were too positive or too optimistic. I'd be like, give me a break. You know, like I've been through so much in my life, like in the time that I have been here from, I mean, out the gate since I was a kid, you know? So it was like, at that point, I'm like, give me a break. Yeah, I'm going to be positive, you know? And really that was the key to it all. But it, being positive doesn't have to mean delusional, you know? Um, optimism is not allowing yourself to be distracted from the end goal by unnecessary put downs. Optimism is not allowing yourself to be distracted from the end goal by unnecessary put downs. What do you guys take that to mean? If you were to 
take that quote in, put it in your own words. What does that mean to you? <laughs> I said, I used to say I could only be positive in drug tests and autoimmune labs. <laughs> well, damn, <laughs> we've, I, I, hopefully we've expanded the category a little, or we will. Let me see through the comments here. So tell me in the chat, optimism is not allowing yourself to be distracted from the end goal by unnecessary put downs. Let's see here. Yasmin said, this is what my parents did with everything. Could not be excited about anything without them saying how disappointed I was going to be soon. Yeah. I listen, whether it's again, like you could just have straight up like negative malicious. I don't know what is happening with this mop on my head right now. It's bothering me. Um, but you know, like it was done out of anxiety. You know, my, my parents were nervous that I would get hurt or nervous that I would be you know, regret something or whatever. Now, granted, it was probably an extension of their own worry, but there are so many reasons this can be put on us. And we can't change how other people put those things on us. We can only build up that friggin' force field around ourselves to be like, I'm not going to allow it. It's noise. It's just noise. You know, because again, million reasons why people are afraid and, and will act and be hesitant about the things they are. You can be in your own lane and decide your threshold for that all on your own. You'll have a lot more control that way too. Almost anticipating people to kind of feel that way. I'm sorry that that happened though. I know that it's, it sucks. It's like someone's always just raining on your parade all the time. So it's like, how could you ever feel good about the parade? You know, living disappointed is not the vibe. It's a thief of joy in the present moment. Yes, I'm learning this more and more. There, you know, if you start, start looking at things and ask yourself, what's the purpose? What is the reason? What is the purpose? Why? Right? So if we can't be like, what's the purpose for not wanting to live in joy and be present in the moment? What's the purpose for being hard on ourselves for like be not being hard on yourself? Doesn't mean I'm saying this earlier that you're going to go join a circus and like eat yodels all day long, you know, like being kind to ourselves and, and allowing ourselves flexibility and having joy and being present, you know, working on things slowly is just making good use out of your time here. It's not going to, you know, it's not either I, I berate myself or I fear the worst, or this is where that black and white uh, thinking zoom comes in, right? It's not either it's the worst or it's the best. You can be present and be caring to yourself and kind to yourself and learn from things to change your actions going forward. I would argue to say, I've said this so many times, that that's the better way to get that done. You, If you berate a child for a mistake they made, you don't explain what happened, you just yell at them, you tell them awful things. Is that child going to grow up to be productive and efficient and confident? No, they're not going to, you know, maybe they won't repeat that mistake ever again because they'll be so terrified of anything like it, that they'll avoid it for the rest of their lives. But if you have a kid and you explain to them, here's how we don't make a mess. Here's how we do this differently next time. And explain to them why it's, you know, this is not, we shouldn't have it this way, whatever the case may be. What are the chances of them being like, screw you, ma? Because you weren't mean to them. And we have an easier time thinking of this externally with others, other kids, other friends, things like that. But we deserve that same, you know, we have that, that moral about us, right? For others. 
are we lying to them when we feel it for them? No, we should have it for us too. You know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to live in joy and be present and allowing yourself to take the setbacks and the, you know, successes as they come. They're both a part of life. My dad's classic saying all through my childhood was it's going to get worse before it gets better. It was a really negative thing to hear at the time. Spoiler, I don't talk to him anymore. Very toxic. I like that phrase when it comes to expanding comfort zones for like personal growth, right? Like if you're dealing with someone in like, especially my clients that are um, dealing with like narcissistic parents or something, right? So the first time that you're going to bring up a boundary they're not going to like it. They might get bad. They might not, you know, you might be afraid that they're not going to talk to you or care about you as much because, you know, you, you spoke up in that case, like, okay, it will get harder before it gets better because people eventually learn boundaries if they want to have you in their lives. And there you go. But to have that be a blanket statement, <laughs> we don't just have to like suffer for things, you know, like there's no nobility in suffering for things. So forget that, you know, there is a time and place for that and it should be rare. So, okay. Oh, I read that. Well, that was funny. Learning to accept that setbacks will happen and be willing to keep going. Yeah. It's if you believe in yourself to say like, I know there's an ideal scenario I'd like, but if anything besides the ideal happens, I'll figure it out, which is the truth, right? Anyone lost their job. You had to get a job. You go to Trader Joe's, you get a job, you go to you do whatever you had to do at the end of the line when you really exhausted all options. We somehow make it work. That's not saying that it's going to feel great, not be stressful, but truly when push comes to shove, every single person here has that fighter spirit in them because you wouldn't be in this program. You wouldn't be here on a Zoom at night listening to this, you know, and, and working on this stuff. So it really is, you know, like setbacks are going to happen regardless. And everyone is so much stronger than they believe when it comes to getting through them. It's the not wanting them to happen that makes them monumental when they do. Right? Because think about that for a minute. We think we're going to be more prepared. But when we've been dreading something and then that thing happens, does it not just reconfirm that that's what's going to happen from now on? It prepares you to never feel joy going forward when a situation could flop or a situation can thrive and that'll happen interchangeably throughout life. It's sort of like receiving the energy we put out into the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you consider yourself an honest person, then the same advice you give to others applies to you. Now, it's normal and human <laughs> that we give advice to others and it's harder to take that advice ourselves. I remember asking my therapist that I'm like, so I work with people on um, like regulating their emotions and stress management stuff for hormonal balance. And I talk to people all day long about ways to think through it and process it. Like, do you ever find that sometimes you're really good at giving advice and it's really hard to take your own? And she laughed and she's like, absolutely. Every therapist, every counselor, every coach, every mentor, same thing. It is different when you're in it, but that's why it deserves more priority. Like I'll catch myself when I'm not giving myself that same grace I'm giving others. It still happens, but I catch it and I reverse it. It'll always be a little bit harder. That's why she said, that's why shrinks go to shrinks. Therapists have therapists, not because they didn't learn the stuff or they couldn't help you with the stuff, but when your own day-to-day -day and personal life and family are involved. It's, it's always different. 
So I like the, you know, whatever you're putting out there into the world, remind yourself, I deserve the same thing. There's really no reason why I don't. I'm hearing that optimism is not allowing, uh, is not allowing to hear others' opinions on the matter, but staying true to yourself. Yes. And allowing hope to grow until reality says otherwise. I love that. Yeah. Um, another big uh, phrase from this week has been, belief does not come before the doing. You know, we've been talking a lot about if you were given these thought patterns and these the, this kind of survival mode or whatever, when you were a young kid, that that's kind of what you grow up with the rest of your life, right? But if you're trying to reprogram that inner dialogue that's screwing you over, you're not going to believe what you're retelling yourself before just telling yourself that repeatedly. The belief doesn't come before the doing. A lot of times with this, with mindset stuff, you got to do it and then let the belief catch up when it sees how safe it is. So this is the first step. And I love the way you put that. Allowing hope to grow until reality says otherwise. Having a friend that's a therapist, but also chaotic. I know this to be true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're taking on a lot. Like I have to work a lot on my own growth, my own coaching, my own therapy, because, you know, it's, it's not easy taking in energy from others and then put giving that energy to them and trying to spin it and make it positive, make it useful, everything. Sometimes it leaves you spent, you know? So if you don't maintain those same boundaries for yourself and those same things as much as you can, even if you have to catch yourself after the fact, then that's a mess. My sister's a therapist who is in therapy. I, I, I think it's actually very vital. Like you're, you just get burnt out otherwise having to coach yourself the way you would coach others, you know? So um, let's see what else I got here for you guys. Now I know OCD plays a lot into this. So my OCD folks in here, I don't want you to beat yourself up and be like, but why can't I just let go of this? It takes time. Like I said, repetition coaching yourself through it. Um, Leaf on Brooke from last week. I've heard a lot about that being like one of the most relatable Zooms I've ever done. So yay, uh, give that one a watch if you haven't, if you need help with the OCD intrusive thoughts that can come from that or actually cause this, you know? Um, what else did I write? Let me catch up on the comments and then I'll finish up what I got here. So my therapist gave me a really good piece of advice for dealing with anxious or negative thoughts recently, taking an extra minute to actually think about what is the actual reason I'm anxious about the situation. And doing that has really helped me with assuming that things will go badly less often. I love that. Yeah, because our first like knee jerk reaction is going to be out of fear. If we take that minute to analyze the situation, you know, like I was saying before, what's the purpose? What's the real purpose of this? Is there a use for this? Like, is this benefiting? You know, just stopping to think about like, what is the reason? Do I have proof that this can happen? Um, by the time you're done having that little powwow with yourself, typically your nervous system recognizes that it's not necessarily an emergency because you've taken that time and you're able to proceed thinking about it more clearly. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. So the last part I have here <clears throat> the hell did I even write? I was low when I was <laughs> finishing up these notes, but knowing why something is happening. Okay. Knowing why something is happening or has happened is not a sentence for it to repeat. 
the more we talk about the reason, like, cause I notice I'm on a call with someone and I'll be like, what if you tried doing this? And they'll go, I know, but in the past I've always, and I'm like, no, 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 I don't care about the past. Like I, obviously I care about the past, but in this regard, if we're at the point where we're done talking about inventing about what has happened, we've processed that. And we really are at that impasse where it's like, now we got to change this and move forward. Then continuing to bring up and say, and think about what has been does nothing to serve you for what you want to do differently. We think that it's knowledge, that it's wisdom. It's not, it's bad stuff that's happened to us. Like could have happened to anybody at any point, you know, like it wasn't specifically a, it's not a curse, you know, a hex that someone's put on us for it to be doomed to repeat. But when we feel that way, we often do repeat those cycles. So don't speak on how it's always been, but rather speak it into what you want to change. So instead of, I know, but I've always blah, blah, blah. Instead, you go, I know, I really want to learn how to not blah, blah, blah. You're still saying the same thing, but do you notice the difference and the lightness in that even while still holding true to the authenticity of that comment? I really would like to learn how to not do blah, 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 rather than I know I've always blah, blah, blah. One is forward and one is stationary. You know, so, and again, I used to do this all the time. No, no judgment. Don't take that as something to beat yourself up on, right? But the only difference between a rut and a comeback is the belief that you can actually come back. That's all. And if you think that someone gets one shot to try to make something better, and if they don't get it, then they're doomed. That is a really, really, really high, like percentage of, um, what's the rate? What's the word I'm looking for? Room for failure. That's, that leaves a lot of room for failure. It's almost like you're setting yourself up for failure. Not almost, it is. <laughs> that is setting yourself up for failure. So who's in a rut because they feel like they can't grow out of where they've been and who from this call forward wants to say, I want to learn how to change it. If you're in the camp where you're like, I want to learn how to not feel this way. Tell me in the chat, commit to that. I want to work on not feeling this way. However you want to say it. I said it like seven different ways just now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Great. That'll do. Yes. Yeah. Yesterday's done. We're here today. We're waiting for the other shoe to drop. We know we're going to be robbed of this moment. And for all intents and purposes, it doesn't make us any more, you know, out of it if we're not sitting there dreading the outcome. If anything, it makes you more clear to work and get what you want. Right? So I know today's was a little bit um, frazzled because of my, my uh, glycemic episode, but I hope this was helpful. Um, before we jump, I want to hear, actually, yeah, I never asked for this, but tell me in the chat, what was the biggest takeaway from this lesson today for you personally? Biggest takeaway from this lesson, whatever you think will impact you. Tell me in lay chat. Oh, I love this. I want to stop letting my past haunt me. Yesterday doesn't have to affect moving forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. So biggest takeaway, tell me in the chat. Those of you 
who have been watching. The only difference between a rut and a comeback is belief that you can come back. Isn't that good? Like, I'm gonna put that on a shirt. But <laughs> um, I deserve happiness and I of all people shouldn't be the one taking it away from myself. Wow, that's really, that's really poignant. I love that. Just deciding to progress instead of be sad over the rut. Yeah, it's a waste of time. That's, that's time you can spend pushing yourself to learn from it. Try again. You remember my Dyson example, right? Dyson had, and that's in that drawing board video. Dyson had 5,124 failed attempts at their first prototype before they ever had one that worked. Keep going. So uh, I liked your quote that peace does not guarantee stability. Yeah, peace isn't the absence of setbacks. Everybody has setbacks from every walk of life, always. Taking the time to actually analyze my fears, <clears throat> especially with my OCD thoughts. Yes. Sydney, tell me what you think about Leaf on Brook. When you, when, if you've listened to it or when you listen to it, text me. Tell me what you think on that because I, I love my OCD crew. And I love doing those. Um, I deserve to be happy, excited. Being prepared for disappointment isn't going to make things hurt less. No. You're not going to be like, damn it, I was happy. And now look. You'll probably just, honestly, you'll probably feel better about the bad outcome because you weren't miserable leading up to it. Like, aha, I knew it, you know? So not making myself suffer with the anxiety of something that might happen. Waste, it's a waste to suffer for it for no real reason. Yeah, ask myself why more when I don't, when I do think, be more introspective. Yeah, sometimes asking why is like the most profound thing. You know, like um, I, I think of a little kid that just keeps going, but why? But why? But why? But why? Because really, if you do that long enough, you get to the root. And a lot of times the root is there is no reason why. And going through the process of asking ourselves, we come to that conclusion. Just it hits different, you know? Because we're like, well, I guess there is no reason, you know? The the worrying about waiting for something bad to happen or confirmation of that thing is most of the time worse than the actual thing. 100%. It doesn't change anything to commit to torturing yourself over what could. Yeah, it just ensures a miserable time. Yeah. So, all right. Um, that's it for the lesson today. Before I let you guys go, I wanted to see who would be interested in a self-talk workshop. So it would be from June 10th to July 10th. Um, and it would be, we would have a little cohort kind of style where we would do like group coaching. Um, I can write out something more detailed, but I kind of wanted to get a feel for if anybody would be into that. We would focus only on self-talk. Um, <clears throat> I'd give like journaling assignments and stuff like that. Okay, cool. I got a couple people raising their hands here. So yeah, I will type that all out and I will post that and I'm not going to commit to a day, but it, it'll be in my schedule. So, but good to know. You guys are wonderful. I love y'all. Have a good night and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.